Hey everyone! Before you get into today's podcast, I wanted to share some great news with you. We are extending registrations for three of the schools that are run by the Nest. Those three schools are Hakan Ivory, which is the Hebrew arm of the Nest, Remnant Rising, which is aimed at our youth, and the Realm Dimensional School of Worship. We're extending these till the 30th of September, and all prices have been dropped by $200 for this year only. We do hope you'll take advantage of this extension and register before the 30th. Go to www.thefoundationnest.com. We look forward to welcoming you soon. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, a daily podcast by Origin Gate. My name is Elijah Ward, and uh, I'm really honored to be uh, sharing an insight of the day and really just kind of opening up about some stuff that's been inspiring me lately. You know, Yahweh is always speaking. I found that He's always revealing. He's always uncovering uh, an aspect of himself uh, that really brings a, a more full picture to the revelation that I've been given. Um, he is so faithful to connect dots, that's for sure. And uh, so today I've got a couple uh, scriptures I wanted to dive into that are kind of, um, you know, from a couple of my favorite places in scripture. But I also just wanted to kind of talk about. Um, you know, something that's been really important in my life. It's been a, a real big key to uh, unlocking the engagement that I've uh, that I've had with Yahweh. Um, and so I kind of want to share a little bit about what I feel is that key function for the sons that, that enables us to secure and establish our future. And not just our own personal future, not even really the future of our church or our ministry or our business, but quite literally the future of our species, like the future of our global environment, our, our natural reality, all everything we see and we know, the course of history as we know it. How do we secure that future? How do we inhabit the seat of authority to have a governing power and a governing voice in the earth and really begin to dictate the direction of things. And I believe that key function to securing our future is the ability to see. And when I say to see, I mean to see things unseen. Um, scripture says that all those who are born again will see the kingdom of God. Um, and you know, seers are unique from other offices of function in that Seers are aware of the now activity in the spirit and are really graced to convey that truth to those who only perceive visually, maybe, and, and, and whose sight is naturally limited to the interpretation of created light. You know, it's, it's said that our eyeballs don't actually see things. They just interpret light. They interpret reflections and refractions of light. Um, and so, you know, true seers in the spirit in the kingdom, are more than just prophets. You know, it, it, in, in that prophets identify a future state and they're faithful to herald the direction, uh, 
that, that things are going historically, culturally, um, whatever it may be. We've known prophets for a long time. Prophets have made up a, 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 you know, a great deal of scripture, but seers I've found operate from within that future state. They don't just see and identify a future state. They operate within and they exist from the reality of that established future state. I think maybe we could best say it by saying that, that the future is written by prophets, but it is established and secured by seers. And this is an available grace that Yeshua put on display in his life. And it's one that I have made an effort, a conscious effort at putting on display in my life. First of all, because it fascinates me. But second of all, because I believe that the evidence and the testimony of that sight being revealed, unseen things being revealed, is a powerful thing. Um, you know, but Yeshua put this on display in his life too, and that's where I draw my inspiration. He was such a seer. And, and, and you know, he was in a culture, he was literally placed into a culture that was permeated by those who, who took action on the pretense of what was written they, they memorialized ancient altars and ancient voices. And Yeshua showed up and released the sound of a higher order. He, he almost, I mean, he ruffled a lot of feathers, to, to put it one way. <laughs> but he released a sound of, of uh, it kind of sounds like this. I only do what I see my father doing. And so whereas the world needed a historical record to reveal pathways of spiritual function. Yeshua really only needed a heart connection. He was empowered in his ministry and in the, in, in the laying down of his life and in the surrender that he put on display. His empowerment was the obsession of what he beheld. Whereas other people were, uh, they, they, they felt and they, they drew their empowerment from the record of what Others may have beheld in the past. You know, I want to read that. In fact, um, you know, in John 5, this is kind of coming out of John chapter 5. I love this chapter. And really, I love chapter 6 too. And I love chapter 7. I love John, period. <laughs> I love the gospel of John. Well, in John chapter 5, uh, kind of coming back to that, I only do what I see my father doing. This was like the the uh, the anthem of the ministry of, of, of what Christ put on display in his life. I only do what I see my father doing. And it, it comes from John 5, chapter 19. It says this, So Yeshua said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees his father doing. So he puts this um, this really almost like a sample out there. He, he really reveals in this one statement the ministry that he came to fulfill. It's the office of that seer. And I find it interesting that he's trying to reveal that there is a function where you can identify where not just where you can not just identify a future state but you can operate from within that future state and bring an alignment to the world around you and i know that because later in chapter 5 he actually brings this up he brings up that office of the prophet and you see a contrast in these two offices he says that I only do what I see my father doing. But then he says this to the religious people. He says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it's they that bear witness about me. 
yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. So he's calling out that religious tendency that uh, 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 to to cling to the future state that was once identified without standing in it and really laying hold of it. And the last, I love the last part of chapter 5. He says, But if you do not believe Moses' writings, how will you believe my words? And what he's saying is that he's saying, if you can't believe a prophet like Moses, you can't even engage and show honor and really be empowered to function in that prophetic relationship of the one who sees and identifies the future state. If you can't believe that, how are you ever going to believe and and engage with the one who is not only beholding a future state, beholding the potential of the fully established dream of Yahweh in the earth, but one who is standing in that reality and bringing an alignment to everything around him. You know, this this is fascinating to me. And you know, there's another seer that I love in Scripture. Um, I want to read a couple of things real fast from Ezekiel. I love Ezekiel. In fact, in my Bible at the top underneath the, uh, the, the title of the book, Ezekiel, I wrote The Visionary because... I feel like there's such a, there's something so unique. I feel like Ezekiel broke a cycle. And the way that he dared himself to see and to actually take ownership of what he was seeing is so empowering to me. And so it kind of starts about, it it, it starts with, with this. Ezekiel says this. He says, as I looked behold. And then he breaks open this vision that begins, uh, or I'm sorry, that continues for, um, for a couple chapters, maybe even, um, man, several chapters until it kind of changes scenes. But he 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 starts breaking open the heavens literally and talking about the the great cloud and brightness all around it and fire flashing forth and and the four creatures coming out of the midst of that fire and what their appearance was like and how they functioned and how they moved and how they sparkled like burnished bronze. And they, in, in describing those wheels, he says, wherever the spirit would go, they went without turning as they went. That is powerful to me. That sounds exactly like the heart cry and the anthem of Yeshua's ministry. I only do what I see my father doing. I only go wherever the spirit would go. And wherever the spirit goes, I also go without turning without turning my face away, without compromising my path. I go where the spirit goes period. I do what I see my father doing, period. Um, and you know, this, this, this passage, it's really important to understand this about the passage, that while you read this, imagine this, Ezekiel really had no pre-existing framework for what was unfolding in front of him. He didn't have any available likeness to which he could liken the content of his spiritual sight. That's why you see him almost struggling throughout this passage with with words like the appearance of the likeness of a wheel. It's not exactly a wheel, and it's not really the likeness of a wheel. It's kind of like the appearance of the likeness of a wheel. And I find that so hilarious. And, 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 you know, this is just the beginning. 
of, of what he's seeing. And he really, he spends 48 chapters recalling technologies and truths that would secure the future of Yahweh's people by engaging the power of his spiritual sight. He was inhabiting a future state. He was standing in the fulfillment of the dream and speaking back into his earth and calling an alignment to his situation. How do I know that? Because he wrote this from a place of captivity. He didn't even wait for freedom. He instead, while inhabiting a state of captivity, the hand of Yahweh came upon him at the beginning of chapter 1, it says, at the Kabar Canal, in the very land of the Chaldeans, in the, what that's saying is in the heart of Babylon. He began to see and identify and lay hold of and secure his promised future. And there are more than just Ezekiel. I'm so inspired by Ezekiel. You know, he ends up in, in chapter 40, um, 44, he ends up getting a, a tour of the, of, of the heavenly temple and begins laying out the measurements and the dimensions and, and, and the specs of this, uh, of, of this place and, and revealing the, this order of the sons of Zadok, this higher order of ministry. He, he does so much in 48 chapters, and it's because of the very, actually not the first verse, but verse 4 at the beginning of the very first vision that's put on display in the book of Ezekiel. It starts with this, as I looked as he saw, as he was faithful to consume the frequency that he was seeing in his spiritual field of view, he was able to identify and to really break open that reality. Um, but there are just so many more. I, I mean, I've been inspired by, by Daniel. Daniel was... Uh, when I was engaging Daniel, it really broke open pathways that led to a book that I wrote called Zion Here and Now. It's it's so much. Isaiah, you know, so much throne room revelation. David and Solomon and, and Micah. Oh my goodness, Micah with the mountain of the Lord, the house of the God of Jacob, where nations will come and ascend and say, come, let us go up the mountain of, of the Lord. Let, us, let him teach us his ways that we may walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law. I mean, this, these are seers, and even Paul and Peter and John, for goodness sake, John, John the Revelator. These are those who would dare to simply see and engage a blueprint for deliverance. These are those who would use the power and, and, and the function of the gift of spiritual sight that comes with all those who are reborn into the kingdom. There's an available grace for us to see. These are those who would utilize that available grace to secure the future, not of just themselves, not just the future of their culture or their nation, the future of our species, the future of that new creation species that are inhabiting this earth, that are being seated with Christ in heavenly places. And from out of that mountain, from the womb of that place of perfect joining, perfect union with Christ, legislating into the earth, from out of that perfect dream to see an alignment in this earth, in this cosmos, in this creation. So be encouraged. You know, I want you to be empowered by this. This is a message... If you've heard me speak, if you've heard a podcast, if you've heard a sermon, you've heard me talk about sight. It is such a powerful 
thing for the sons of Yahweh to lay hold of and to utilize spiritual sight. I want you to be empowered, to be edified, to be equipped, to own and to engage the gift that, that Yahweh has given us in this function of seeing. It is incredible and powerful and i've seen it manifest the expression of his glory in so many unique ways so practice this function of seeing see what the father is doing say what he is saying do what he is doing and in doing so i just pray that you would more effectively secure the reality of your future and your scroll amen